heartbeat of any firehouse across the city of New York is the kitchen table. It's where we break bread, break balls, and break everything in between. They say all the world's problems can be solved at a firehouse kitchen table. I don't know how true that is, but what I do know, it's what I miss the most. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Kitchen Table, episode four. Like I said, I'm naming these episodes. One, two, three, four. Maybe there'll be a hundred, hopefully more. We'll see what happens. Build the show, build the community. It's a podcast from a fireman for first responders, civilians who have struggled with mental health issues. And I'll tell stories how I dealt with mental health. Depression, sadness, anger, you name it. These are stories from me, regular guy, first responder, New York City fireman who had to deal with many mental health issues back in the day and still today if I don't stay on my daily disciplines and daily program, every now and again still have to deal with issues of mental health. Everybody gets sad, everybody gets depressed, everybody gets angry. But if you stay on that path, if you get a good discipline, if you get a good program, if you wake up early, get to the gym, eat healthy, do your tasks, get, accomplish your task, go to work, be present for your family, start stripping away vices, the bad negative shit like drinking too much. If you're doing drugs, start stripping that shit away. If you gamble, start stripping that shit away and you will start feeling better. But most importantly, if you're hurting and you're not talking to anybody, reach the fuck out. Reach out for somebody. Give them a call. Talk to them. It's what helps me the most. The kitchen table at the firehouse helped me the most. I don't have that much anymore, so I'm trying to bring it to you. And I'm trying to bring it to you so it can help me. Let's help each other. And we can learn from each other. And we can do this together. Because it's a fight that never ends. So, I had a freaking eye exam today. See, I got my glasses on and... All that said was, I can't see far away and I can't see fucking up close either. I, I can only see right in the middle. So if everything stayed six feet away from me, I could see it. People, <laughs> words, don't get old, people. 50 years old and the eyes started going a couple of years ago. So there's that. So today I got the glasses on. Uh, maybe next week I'll have the new frames looking good. Anyway, trying to build this podcast in chronological order story of my life bits and pieces not divulging too much because maybe we'll go back in in future programs and tell stories about other things but trying the first few episodes to get to a certain point in life basically right around here with lots of shit mixed in between and then in the, and then come down the road we'll get the brothers in the on the podcast we'll get some friends on the podcast and we'll start telling stories from the past of fires of fucking subway incidents, car accidents, just being in the firehouse, shooting the shit like we're at the kitchen table. Because that's truly, truly, truly what I miss the most is the brothers above all else. 
So I think I left off that I had was working at 220 engine, relatively new firefighter, just getting off probation, learning the job, bonding with the guys, having a good time. But the work for me was unfulfilling. We weren't going to work enough for me. I have a shit ton of energy, especially when I was 30, 31 years old. I still have a shit ton of energy. All I wanted to do was go to work, was go to fires. Every single time I went into work, every tour I went to, I wanted to go to a fire. Is that sick to say? Because fire really destroys people's lives. When we show up to a fire, I mean, even if, if it's a small one, it, it destroys people's lives for years, sometimes forever, unfortunately. But in my case, if there happened to be a fire, I wanted to be there. And I was hoping for a fire every time I went to work. And if you're a fireman and you don't want to go to fire, I've said it before, find another fucking profession. If you're a cop and you don't want to lock up bad people, find another profession. If you're a paramedic and you don't want to help sick people or injured people, find another fucking profession. If you're in the military and you don't want to defend the country, find another fucking country. How about that? Anyway, so I'm in 220 engine, unfulfilled, loving the guys, but unfulfilled with the work. In the process of planning a wedding, moving upstate New York, I wanted to get closer to the north end of Manhattan. I wanted to go to work. So I chose to put a transfer in for the 16th Battalion, specifically 59 engine, and that's on 133rd Street in Harlem. 59 engine, 30 truck, the Harlem Zoo. So this is where I fucked up. My fuck up, nobody else's. When I put, when you want to transfer to another firehouse, traditionally, you go to that firehouse with cakes in hand, cigars, gifts, basically. You knock on the door, you talk to the senior men, you see the firehouse, you ask them if, you're, if you can transfer there, you ask the captain if you can transfer there. It's really their decision when they meet you if they want you there or not. That is traditionally what you do. I didn't do that. <laughs> I fucked up big time. Not because I didn't know that, which is even worse, but here's the story. The story is, I was in 220, and a guy I know said, put your paper in, there's an order coming out, a transfer order, there's an order coming out real soon, put your paper in, when you, when you, when, when's your next tour? I was like, tomorrow. He's like, put your paper in tomorrow. I go, but I got to go up to the firehouse and see these guys. He was like, there'll be time for that. Just get your paper in because the order is coming out. I was like, all right. Me being naive, thinking I had plenty of time to go visit these companies in the 16th Battalion. The 16th Battalion is rich in tradition. Gentlemen, firemen, very, very busy companies in Harlem and the South Bronx. I mean, just the premier battalion for me in my eyes. Anyway, there were a couple guys in my firehouse at the time who had their paper in for years, different companies. I figured I had a fucking year before I would get transferred. I didn't think anything of it. 
I go into work. I even ask one guy at work who had his papers for that battalion. Hey, man, I'm going to put in for this battalion. Is that okay? He was like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. It's going to be a while anyway. I go, all right. Get the paper signed. Put the paper in. Do my, do my set. I go home. The next day, I get a phone call at home. Congratulations from one of the senior guys in, in the truck. And I go, I go, congratulations for what? He goes, you got transferred, you fucking idiot. I went, oh, shit. I went, oh, shit. I'm on the transfer order for 59 engine. Nobody there has ever met me. None of the guys knew I was coming. None of the guys knew anything about it. So that usually means a guy gets lifted because he's punished or he's such a bag of shit that he's forced out by the men and the job punishes him by putting him there. And I just went, oh, fuck, man. So I immediately, I immediately buy some cakes, I buy some cigars, and I drive up to Harlem, 133rd Street, shitting my pants because I know that I completely fucked up that tradition. My fault, no one else's, I take the blame for it. I thought I had more time. Stupid, naive, idiot, imbecile, fucking made me look like a complete bag of shit. I, 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 didn't, know what, I didn't know what to say. I went there with my, my cakes, my head in my hand, and I apologized profusely. I, I, I didn't know what to say. They were not very welcoming. <laughs> it, was, it was very, very cold and very, very difficult. First day, second day, third day, Fourth month, fifth month, sixth month, first year, first year and a half, up to my second year. It was absolutely brutal. These guys did not want me. They didn't trust me. They didn't know me. They felt like maybe I jumped a bunch of people who might have wanted to come there, although I, I, I didn't know anybody. And I just, I constantly kept my mouth shut, said I was sorry, did what I had to do keep my head down. Good thing I was just off probation because I was still in like probie mode and I just went right back into probie mode. I was in the sink all the time. I was there early. I was cleaning the house as best I could. I was doing all the fucking things probies would do. Nobody would fucking talk to me. Very few people would talk to me. And the guys that did talk to me fucking berated me, treated me like shit, bullied me. It was, it was really very, very difficult time for me but that being said I had gotten transferred to a place that was very very busy it's exactly what I wanted and the the house had a reputation of being an extremely tough house to be at they've bounced guys out left and right that transferred in and transferred right fucking back out probies that got assigned there and they were too tough on them, and they fucking transferred out. As a matter of fact, when I, when I found out I got transferred, I had to go back to my other firehouse and pay back a tour or two, get my gear. And one of the guys there said, he goes, you know where you're going, right? And I went, yeah, 59 Engine, the Harlem Zoo. He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. Do you have any idea what the reputation of that house is? And I went... No, it's a, it's a firehouse. What's, how different can it be from, from this firehouse? Uh, 
it's the guys. We're going to have fun. You know, he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, that is one of the toughest houses on the job to be at. Not just for fires, not just for work, but for the guys that are there. They treat other guys not very nice until you, even when you prove yourself. There is, it's a fucking tough place to work, man. Very, very tough. Plenty of guys came in before me and bounced. And believe it or not, plenty of guys came in after me and bounced. But here I was. I was where I wanted to be. I was in a place I wanted to, to be at. We were going to work. I was catching fire. But I had, I was all on my own. No one would fucking talk to me. No one would teach me anything. I had to figure shit out on my own. A few guys would show me things here and there because they had to. They didn't want to. They had to. Nobody wanted to be associated with me. I had fucked up. I needed to keep my head down, my mouth shut, and take my penance like a man. And just say, fucking, okay, I'll do it. I would step up constantly to show that I wanted to be there. I would, I would be in the sink constantly. I'd learn the rig. I'd learn the fucking job. I would do everything. I, I would pick up tours for guys, even though sometimes they wouldn't pay you back. All sorts of shit. So this is going on, I don't know, fucking a long time. They made, they made a door for me that was about, I'm, I'm a little guy. I'm about 5'5", 155, 160 pounds, fucking on a good day. They made a door for me that was about four feet tall, right? Painted it red, put it by the front door. It said Delaney's door on it. And in big white letters, it said exit. And they put it right by the front door. Every day I had to walk out of that firehouse, I had to see that door. And I knew that those guys didn't want me to fucking come back. So I just, as hard as it was for me, as mentally fucking tough that was for me, I was coming from a house where the love was there, where I was accepted, where I was wanted, where the guy, we were getting, we were together, it was great. People, the, the, the guys wanted me there. I, was, I felt love to hear where it was the complete opposite. The guys didn't accept me right away. The guys didn't love me right away. The guys didn't trust me. The guys didn't know me. They didn't want me there. They wanted me out and they made it their mission to fucking push me until I left that house. Until I put my paper back in and tucked my tail between my legs and split. And I dug my fucking heels in because I'm a stubborn fucking bastard. Was it the right thing to do in the end? Absolutely. Because I'm proud of where I was. I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of the work that we did. I'm proud that we were a tough house because that taught me to be tough, be tough in fires, be tough with the, with the new guys because this is not a fucking easy job. It's a dangerous job. Lives are on the line. Those guys' lives are on the line. And that's one of the things that they fucking hated about me that, yes, I went, I skirted tradition. But number two is they don't know me from a hole in a wall as far as fighting fire. They don't know how I operate. Now I'm just another liability that they can't trust. How, they got to trust their life with me. They don't, they don't trust their life with me. So that was another reason. I, I could get somebody hurt because I, they don't think I know what I'm doing. I came from a very slow place. And now I came to a fucking rocking place. Big difference. Anyway, these guys made this door. And every day I had to look at it and walk out of that firehouse. And I'd go home and I'd be completely depressed. It was affecting my family life. It was affecting my fucking social life it was affecting it was affecting life in the firehouse because i wasn't talking to anybody i didn't know what to do so i just I, I just dug in and i tried my best to just fit in 
and apologize and be there. And I was at the firehouse all the time. Now, mind you, the first year of this stress, which was wrecking my brain, I was depressed. I didn't want to go back to work ever. I'd, go, I'd leave that firehouse and I didn't want to go back. And I was so fucking depressed that I'd, I'd have to pick myself up and go, fuck, I got to go to fucking work again. Only for the guys. Hoping that we'd be so busy that we'd be out the door and we wouldn't be idle in the firehouse where guys would have a chance to, to, to fucking either pounce on me or not say anything to me. The silence from a fireman is worse than a guy breaking your fucking balls. Seriously. If a guy breaks your balls a lot and he's teaching you, he probably really likes you, but he's just testing you. If a guy doesn't fucking talk to you at all, that means he probably doesn't like you and doesn't want to associate with you and wants you fucking gone. And most of these guys didn't want to talk to me. Deservingly so. My fucking bed. So they make this door. I got to see it all the time. And it's breaking me down. It's breaking me down. I'm dealing with this new firehouse. I got married. My mother died of cancer. And I had a son. All within that same year. So talk about stresses from... The park police and my father dying and breaking up with that girl and 9-11, all those stresses at once or in a, in a year or two to now I have all these stresses. Buying a fucking house is super stressful. Getting married is super stressful because you're building a family. Having children is stressful. It's happy, but it's stressful. Fucking, then I deal with the death of my mother, which, which was horrible. So... Four or five super stressful things in a short amount of time, it was almost overwhelming. Again, I started getting those feelings of, I, I just don't want to wake up. I want to go to bed, go to sleep, and not fucking wake up in the morning and be done with it. That's all I wanted. I wanted to die. I wanted to leave my family. I wanted to leave the job. I wanted to leave Earth. I don't know how I got it through. Maybe from the half discipline that I have, I was still trying to work out. Still trying to fucking do the right thing. Trying to be present for my family. I was drinking too much again. It was affecting my weight. Even though I was trying to eat right, it just was, I was a complete fucking mess. I wasn't sleeping. My son didn't sleep for two years. I wasn't sleeping at the firehouse. I was at the firehouse all the time. My wife was taking the load of the kid. The brunt of the work. It was, it was an unbelievably stressful year or two when I first got to 59 engine. One day, one day I came into work and the door was gone. And I went, oh, fuck. What the fuck happened? This was about six months. I want to say it was like six months after I was there, looking at that door every day. It said exit on it. I came into work one day and it was gone. I don't know where the fuck it went. But what I do know is there was a lieutenant there, tough as balls lieutenant when I first got there. Fucking guy would eat fire. Man, I would fucking go into the pit of hell with this man tough bastard broke my balls but he seemed to be the guy that whenever he'd see me in the sink after I was there a little while whenever he'd see me doing stuff he'd come over to me and be like is anybody fucking helping you out how you doing how you holding up you know he wouldn't really do it in front of anybody because everybody was on the same page with, with how they felt about me or wanted to feel about me and I'd be like I'm alright he, he would say you want to fucking tell these guys to, to, to ease off I'm like no don't say not please don't I'll just keep doing my my thing but he would break my balls too if I fucked up and I fucked up plenty everybody did that you're not learning if you're not fucking up on the job 
but it was nice to know that it sounded like somebody cared. This guy was <laughs> this fucking guy. One time he had a bunch of us in his office. Like we had we had the engine in his office. He was an engine officer. And there were four or five, four of us or five of us. And he was talking about something. It was about hazing and the ball breaking in the house. And it might have been getting to him. And he's like, you know, we don't we don't all even we might not like each other in the firehouse. He goes, as a matter of fact, I don't even like some of you people in the room. And we were like, we all looked at each other and we're fucking like, he was talking about you. Is he talking about me? Who knows? It was once we left the office, it was it was funny, but it was like he's he hates us. He hates me. He hates me. He's talking about me. Anytime something bad in the firehouse happened, he was talking. I thought he was talking about me. Anyway, this door disappears. And it turns out, and I was I was happy, but I was super nervous because I didn't want everybody to think that I was whining that the door was was gone. I never whined to anybody that the guys were breaking my balls. I never fucking cried to anybody about guys messing with me or hazing me or fuck with my shit. I just took my medicine like a man, like I should have because I fucked up. So I deserved it. It was hard, but I, I definitely fucked up and deserved it. He had the door removed. He finally said, that's enough. He's had enough. Take the fucking door and get it out of here. That's what I heard, that he had the door removed. They, so the guys took the door out. And then when I heard that, I had to go running around to everybody. Senior men, down. Guys, it wasn't me. I didn't fucking complain about the door. I didn't, I didn't cry about anything. And they were like, shut the fuck up, asshole. We know it wasn't you. It was somebody else that had the door removed, but it was some of the firemen that they were breaking balls as well, but he had been there a little while and they were making a door for him and he cried about it. Whatever. So the officer, he cried to the officer about it. The officer had my door removed as well as the other one that was, it wasn't even made yet, I don't think, but they were working on it. So that's what happened with that. So I had to run around and start telling guys that I didn't do anything. And that was hard too, because I'm like, like a little bitch. Oh, I didn't, I didn't rat. I didn't say anything. I didn't rat. Cause I didn't. And they knew. They knew as, as tough as they were on me in that six, seven months, the first six, seven months, they knew that, that I was turning out all right. Even though I fucked up tradition, they knew they saw me working this whole time. We were going to work. We were, we were going to fires all the time. We were doing all this stuff all the time. Just very, very busy. And they saw that I was working. Okay. They saw that I was learning. They saw that I wanted to be there. And they started easing up on me a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. We were starting to get new guys in and I was getting guys under me. So I was becoming friends with them. And then we started getting big on influx of new guys and a lot of the senior guys were leaving. So everybody that came in, I was really making friends with. And then the guys who were there a little while still break my balls, but it's, it changed. It started changing a little bit. It wasn't as rough. A new guy would come in and they, and they, they would switch to him for a couple of weeks. And when they got bored of that, they would switch back to me. So I still, I still was doing the right thing. I was still keeping my head down, still keeping my mouth shut, still doing all the chores as much as I could, still stepping up, still stepping up, stepping up, stepping up. You're gonna hear that in the fire department all the time. But the point I was trying to make is that six months to a year, first six months to a year was so stressful on me. It was so, I was depressed all the time because I wasn't, number one, wanted by the house that I wanted to be in. I wasn't feeling the love from the guys. Yes, I got my wish because I was going to work, 
but it, it wasn't the same as the first group of guys I was with. In time, it would change. In time, you know, things would get better and, and the craziness of the firehouse and the funness would happen, but it took a little while to fully get adjusted to that place, for them to fully adjust to me, to finally let go. Maybe they were holding shit on me, you know, just as much as I was holding shit in, and, and it finally let go, and that's another story that, that'll be in the next episode. Still in the time of this year to two years of trying to fit into this place and the ball breaking that happened. Another incident that finally broke the camel's back with those guys and with me. And it was either at that moment, it was either I was fucking going or I was staying and you guys were fucking knocking this shit off. And that was that. So I'll talk about that in the next one. Like I always say, it must be true if you heard it at the kitchen table. See you at the big one. Thank <laughs> you.